This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Hello, everybody. It uh, looks like we've got a pretty mixed crowd this evening. I'm so glad. Hey, I thought we were going to hang out with the old people tonight. I'm so glad. Hey, I need a couple of youngsters. Um, so you guys are sitting far too far over there, okay, because they're not going to shout. And my spit won't carry all the way there unless I try really hard. So I need you guys to come sit here. Can you do that? You're brave enough. And then I need some volunteers. Well done, guys. I prefer you anyway to the old people, so you're on my side is what I'm hoping. And um, I'm needing some, some volunteers. Do we have any strong young men here? I see some young men. Do we have any strong young men? <laughs> This is my plan. I'm going to alienate all the congregation, and then everyone will be angry with me. That's the, that's the game plan. All right, do we have any strong guys? Who's going to, yeah, oh, this is going to take long, hey? I heard a rumor that the Northwest makes strong young men, but I haven't seen any yet. Okay, check. All right, all right, let's see. That's cool, nice. So what I need you guys to do is I need to get one chair on the stage, please. You manage. <laughs> All right, come sit here, please. Well, come put the chair there, please, and just hang around. Stand, stand ready. So Tyron Daniel said this. He said, in the heart of every person is a throne. There is only room for one person to decide who that person will be, okay? Will I be the king or will another be the king? And if so, will that other person be Jesus or will it be someone else? In every heart there is a throne and it's up to us to decide who will be on that throne. Sometimes it's King I, true? Sometimes it's some other replacement. Anything that demands our worship that isn't God is an idol. So we always think we look at other people, bad people, you know those idol worshiping people, have you seen them? We lived in, in KZN for a long time. There's plenty of temples all over of all sorts of different uh, religions where people literally worship idols, literally. I've seen, st- I've seen uh, pictures of where the people, as they worship an idol of a certain form, they physically look like the f- image of the thing they're worshipping. Men that all of a sudden start looking like monkeys. I'm not being rude, they're l- literally a monkey. Um, people that start to take on the shape and the characteristics of this idol they're worshipping, we look at those people and say, no, those are poofy people because they do bad stuff. Yeah? The Bible says anything, whether it looks like a monkey, whether it looks like a Ferrari, whether it looks like a girl, anything that sits on the throne that isn't God is an idol. And I'm not talking about SA idols, okay? <laughs> right? So, um... <laughs> just having a look. Who are we going to make a volunteer? Let's see. Who should we have? We need another volunteer somewhere. JP, my goodness. Who's JP? Hey? Are you? Um, this is my wife, Colette, in the front. If I haven't introduced her, I can't remember. You saw on the there she is. Check, hey? Super cool to travel together. We brought some friends. Um, let's see how awkward we can make this. <laughs> let's see how awkward we can make this. Yo. Um. <laughs> All right, what's your name? Yo. <laughs> With the mic. Regan. 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 Say it like you mean it. Regan. Like, like you really mean it. I mean it. It's Regan. Are you convinced? Huh? Huh? It's awkward on the mic. Yeah, t- I know. I, ha- I have no choice. He gave me the mark and he told me to talk. Like, I, d- I can't get out of this. 
Hey, yeah. And if I put it, tell me your name again. <laughs> Regan. Okay, Regan, you're gonna be the bravest guy in the room tonight. Okay. All right. You have. Are you ready for this? The pressure of. I'm being serious. No. Come on, you can do this. I'm right here with you. Okay. We're both as scared as the other guys. Fine. All right, Regan, we're gonna do this together. All right. Okay. A girl that's going to be our girl volunteer. <laughs> you can pick anyone. I don't know them, so I mean, who would I choose? Pick anyone. We won't, on Sol Nooks Aflani, we won't guess, we won't make any assumptions about who you're choosing. Okay, have you got, have you, <laughs> check, it's fine. You're going to be, you're going to be strong when you leave this place, eh? But I, th I think you can do this. You got an idea? Hey? <laughs> Jack, you, you, you've even got some guys backing you. How about that, hey? Are you ready? Are you ready? Wait, wait, wait don't say the name. Are you ready? Okay. You, I, I need you to say it with, like, courage and strength. Like, like this is it. You're gonna, I'm going to give you the microphone, and you're going to own this. Can you do that? You, of course you can. Hey? And I'm with you. We can do this together. Good? Right. Let's see. So... Our final volunteer for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. How about this? If we had a drum roll, it would be rolling, right? Let's hear who our, drum, who our volunteer is. Regan! It's Priyanka. Oh, all right. All right, don't worry. Hey, who's... Hey, you're trying to make the, the stranger make a mistake here. You see, we got through this. Him and I, we managed. So, look, there's three of us standing in front. These are gentlemen, are you? Are you gentlemen? Right. Okay. So, it's safe territory. You ready? You ready? Okay. All I need you to do, I need you to go walk up on that stage. Can you do that? I know you love being singled out and putting up in front of people. I get that. But, but you can do this. You've got all your friends in the front row cheering on, eh? Come on. There we go. There we go. Check it that, eh? When you got ready for tonight, you knew this was coming, didn't you? Eh? I wouldn't let go. <laughs> but you did. You did. All right, and we're going we're gonna to believe that tonight's an important night, aren't we? Eh? You think so? You reckon? Uh, now I'm asking you. I'm not telling you, I'm asking you. Yes. You think so? Yeah. Hey? Yeah. How important? Very. Very important. Yeah. You check. You want to say that on a microphone? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm having fun. I'm having great fun. I don't know about you guys. Regan, were you having fun? Hey, you were. Check. So my point is this. Is, those are cool shoes, by the way. Uh, you made a good choice. Um, I think that we should have less gray hairs on the microphone in church, don't you? Yes? Even the old guys like me were like, yeah, we should have less old guys around. And so if I can get you to have one chance, like, Regan, you've, always done, you've done this now. Next time is even better. You're like, yeah, this is easy. In fact, you stand up. Come stand by me. <laughs> All right. Now you're going to hold the microphone. There we go. What you're going to hold the microphone. You're going to ask her. Check. Now, check. You've got the power. <laughs> what am I supposed to ask her? Are you glad you came? Yeah. Are you? Right. Okay. And your name is Priyanka. Yes. Right, Priyanka. All right. You can have a seat on the. There we go. All right. Idealistic. <laughs> Just you see, he's taking the. Yeah. Regan, yeah. Come on, I haven't got a mic. You're preaching, not me. <laughs> a throne? A throne. Right, and so we have this great plastic black chair, which is our throne. Right, and there's just one throne. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you knew you would come and sit on the throne. Okay, now you can stand up and stand behind the throne. Right. Seat. All right, we've got our two dashing, handsome gentlemen. <laughs> so 
So in the heart of every person is a throne. Sometimes it, it, it actually very seldom stays empty because the way nature works and the way people's hearts work is that stuff fills the throne and whatever is the more important pushes the less important out the way. Make sense? Okay. And uh, so we have Priyanka. This is the, the life of Priyanka. And so in your, in your heart is a throne, right? We won't ask you all sorts of deep, dark, secret questions. That's fine. The question is, what happens on your throne? Is Jesus the king seated on the throne of your life? Question mark. Yes, good answer. Now, what happens in our life is sometimes we allow Jesus to be on the throne. We're born again. We're following Jesus. You're coming to youth or you're coming to church on a Friday night. Goodness me. We think Jesus is on the throne. Then what happens is we think, you know, Jesus, actually, I'd, I'd just like to make a few suggestions. Hey? And so can you like sit over there? Can you do that? Just like right on the edge, on the corner. Yes, look at you. There we go. Hey? And we say, Jesus, it's you and my job. Or it's you and this pretty girl I saw at school. Or it's you and whatever has caught my attention. For some of us, it's bad stuff. For some of us, it's, I mean, it's all anything taking the place of Jesus, as I said, is an idol, right? Right? And so, then we, right, well done, jump up here. See, I told you you're going to make this awkward, aren't you glad? <laughs> hey? It's not COVID anymore, so you can sit over there. Hey? And so we got Jesus on the throne, then Priyanka's got a few good ideas about how she wants to live her life, and then there's this other thing, whatever it is, that gets on the throne and you guys aren't, like, good at anticipating. I mean, it's not rocket science, right? You should have guessed it already. There's another corner. I'm sure you can get in there. Hey? Yeah. Go on, try harder. Regan, do you need to help him? Do you need to, like, tell him what to do or something? Hey? Right? Hey? Aren't you glad you came, Priyanka? <laughs> Pretty awkward, you're right. And so I'm with you guys. Like, look at that. If God was on the... <laughs> That's probably the truest moment of the whole evening, eh? We upset the whole apple cart. If God was on that throne... What's your name? Micaiah. <laughs> Micaiah. Nice. So let's pretend... I mean, we can't see God at the moment, right? And so let's pretend he's in there somewhere. Could, could you see God hanging in there? Why not? Because I can't see him. <laughs> yeah? All you can see are these other people. A little bit of Priyanka, then the sky. Hey, it doesn't look ridiculous. Is it uncomfortable? Like, really uncomfortable, right? Hey? And a lot of us live our lives just like that. Hey? We live our lives, and poor old Jesus is trying to get squeezed in somewhere. And sometimes the demands of this thing get a little bit more. Sometimes the demands of this one. And then you try and wiggle in and keep your place on the throne. And then you come to church and you kind of clear the throne for five minutes. And then as you're walking out, your eye gets distracted or something in your mind goes off. Next thing you know, before you get home, your throne is full. Yeah? You guys did really well. Give them a hand. He even knows how to tidy up after himself, eh? That's really impressive. So I want to ask you to think this through in your heart. I think we should ask ourselves this regularly because thrones are sneaky things. Stuff creeps in there so quickly. So quickly. If I had to look at your social stream, whatever, it's very quick. I could tell very quickly what your current interests are. Because yeah. hey? most of us, we go deep on one thing when we get distracted. And uh, very often that thing climbs on the throne. And sometimes we think it's a good thing. But remember, anything that takes the place of Jesus in our lives is an idol. Yeah? Yeah? And the funny thing about idols is they make us look like them. 
Like I said, I, I mean, I've physically seen it. Yeah. But in the suburbs, we're kind of a little bit more kind of clean cut and we pretend like we're good on the outside, but we become like what we, you look at a guy who kind of, his life will be fulfilled by a Ferrari. Hey, you don't have to talk to him long and all he talks about is cylinders and, and displacement and, and inches on tires and hello? We become like the idol we worship. The guy that's climbing the corporate ladder, the like we get consumed by our interests. Because the Lord, the, 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 the false Lord on the throne drags our attention toward, that's what the devil wants to do all the time, right? Yeah? yeah? He doesn't come with horns and a tail to, to show us who he is. And so anything that takes the place of Jesus is an idol. You with me? You got, like, you with me so far? Regan, makes sense. Are you sure? Because you must tell me, then I'll try and fix it, or else you can have the mic and just sort me out. You're all right, Regan? Okay, cool. All right. Okay. So anything that fills our heart that is not Jesus is an idol, and an idol might look good on the outside, but will take us down the wrong road. So I had an interesting um, question I felt the Lord put on my heart for you guys. Syrian Hill here in Clarksdorp. And uh, when you grow up, and I'm not just talking to the teenagers. Even those of us that have teenagers, I'm talking to you too. So here's the interesting thing. I don't know if you realize, and I get this isn't quite the context on this evening, but I'm wanting to ask you, this, is, this church is an interesting church. Like Gareth says, I mean, we met Mark and Marie on their honeymoon. Uh, they were in our church. We went on their honeymoon. Um, <laughs> just clarifying, just, just wanting to, you guys to be clear. And um, typical Mark and Marie, this, the week of their honeymoon, they went to a life group and they hung out with some friends. I was worried about their marriage, but that's another story. But, uh, and then... We dreamed about this moment. We dreamed about the Northwest together. Driving into town, I was remembering when we came and stood on this property and it was just felt. And we met these guys. We met you guys. Over the years, we met some of your others, you know. And um, the interesting thing, that this is a church plant, how many years now? going on to 14, but it's still just, just into its second generation. Mark and Marie planted and led until just the other day, right? So we're just at the second generation of leadership. You with me? And I'm asking Sidon Hill Clarksdorf, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like you're hardly even teenagers yet as a church in inverted commas. I mean, it's been a great ride. God has done Amazing things. I'm not diminishing that, but sometimes what's settled in my heart for you guys is sometimes we, um, it's like you've, you've, you've almost developed beyond your age. You know, it's like that boy that goes to gym at like grade eight. <laughs> I remember in high school, I had this friend, he was like the skinniest guy. And all of a sudden, he'd like, something, he got a bee in his bonnet and he was doing all these exercises. He's got these biceps that were like, he was all biceps. There was nothing else, but they were like little golf balls on the top of his arms, you know, but he tried really hard. And uh, in many ways, this church has developed like beyond its, beyond its stage. And my question is, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because you can get caught up in the excitement of the moment, the rapid you're in and you're out, and this is happening, that's happening. But I'm asking you guys, because I think there needs to be some um, deliberate thought processes. Where has God taken us? Where will He take us? What? Rather than just jump in the river and off we go, woohoo, this is so exciting, rapids and off. It's, you know, we just, the thrill of the ride, uh, that's teenager type stuff, you know. And then, but actually someday you're going to be something else. We're going to grow into the next stage of our lives. And um, that's the question that I have for you guys. And if Jesus is the 
on the throne, if he's seated securely, we're not squeezing him out. I mean, Priyanka, that was jolly awkward. Hey? And yet we fool ourselves like Jesus, you and me on this throne, and maybe me and a friend, and like me and something else, and we fool ourselves, it's okay. And so I'm asking us tonight, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Is he on the throne? And then what do we want to be when we grow up? Not just, well, I want to be a rocket scientist, or I want to be a superstar, or, but really important stuff. Like, what do I want to be? The job is just what I do. Yeah? Like, really, what God, what have you called me to? What will that be? Great first generation here in this church. I don't know. Has anyone been here since, like, who has been here the longest? You. And next? Ben and Marie. Who's Ben and Marie? How's it over there? How, how old was the church when you guys joined? You need to tell him to talk into the microphone, don't you? He must have some shoulders and, and be manly and grab, hey? You must tell him. Okay, so it was almost two years old when you guys joined, hey? It's been quite a ride, hasn't it? Nice. It's been a great first generation, but you know what? Generation by generation, God is able to, the Bible tells us he maintains his love to a thousand generations, okay? I think, City on a Hill, you should be developing in your heart a a deliberate stance towards God. What will I be? What will this church be in the next generation and the one beyond that? And what part will I play? Yeah. And I would dearly love to have some younger role players in that. So, Regan, you want to come pray? <laughs> <laughs> last time I was here I spoke about the young guns I won't go down that road again but I want to say I'm just looking around it seems like most of the young guys are there at the back and here on my left but this church needs you to love Jesus and to put him on the throne and then to square up your shoulders guys and girls yeah come on and then own your space yeah Growing up, you don't have to wait till you're 40 till you grow up. You know, one day I'll be like boring and old-fashioned. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying somewhere along the line, you've got to own your space. You've got to say, actually, it doesn't matter how old I am, I'm now grown into and I'm going to take it proudly, and Jesus on the throne will use me. And um, that's why I wanted some of you guys on this thing, because you shouldn't be foreigners to having to hearing your voice on, on the microphone. I won't tell you how long Colette and I have been doing this. It's a while, and it's still a challenge. Don't think you ever get used to what I'm doing. And therefore, well, we put it off. I really think you guys should be praying for people. You should be using the gifts of the Spirit. You should be standing up for your mates and standing up for your Savior. Here in, the, here in church meetings, whatever they are, and wherever God takes you. Cool? Yeah? You don't need some guy from Pretoria to come along and say, who'll do it? But someone has to. Yeah? I'm just saying, come on now, own that Jesus on your throne. Let him be there. Clear house. Move stuff out the way. Get it off. The nice thing is once it falls off on the floor, let it stay there. We'll have some meetings this weekend. We won't be here Sunday morning, but I'm hoping to hear some stories. Knock up on Sunday morning and said, I would like to pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that we're here. Amen. Man. It'd be so cool. Yeah? Because then the next time it's a bit easier. Bro, the next time you're on the mic, it's the second time. Don't shake your head at me. You see how cheeky you can be when you got one of these? That's <laughs> hey, so cool. It's like, hey? You get it? Just got to square our shoulders and say, man. I, I don't need to ask for uh, Jesus and me. is good enough, right? Yeah, you, you can hear these people. And all of us should be saying, right, what does God wanting to, me to be in the next moment? Okay, I've taken way too long on that. Are you with me? You're right, Gareth. Are we okay? Are we? Okay, sure. Can you turn with me to 1 Kings 19? So the, 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 the phrase that I have in my heart for you guys is, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, and I, I mean, I'm not too sure that 
yeah, some of us don't want to grow up fully, so we'll keep on going. And then is Jesus on the throne? Because if Jesus is on the throne, then the rest just falls into place step by step. We might not know too far down the road, but we will know the next step. Okay? And if you're scared witless, you just got to say, Jesus, what do I do right now? And then do that. And Jesus, what do I do right now? And then do that. And Jesus, what do I I have a friend who planted a church in Phoenix, Arizona. He says, church planting being easy, but I love the heart of saying, well, just I ask Jesus, and then I do what he says. Okay? It might be smiling at someone you don't know. You don't have to, you know, like, anyway. Okay. Let's have a look at Elijah. Uh, 1 Kings 19, 19. It says, so do you remember Elijah? He, 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 he battles with the prophets of Baal, and then he runs and he hides, and he gets all scared. Remember that? He asks the Lord just to kill him. He wants to die because he's so depressed because he's isolated himself. Okay, that's the quick version. And then we read here in uh, 1 Kings 19, 19. It says, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. I'm sure this sounds like English, Afrikaans English. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. <laughs> hey? And he himself was driving the 12th pair. So where did he go from here? Well, remember, he had been hiding because Jezebel had said she was going to kill him. The queen said she was going to kill him. And he was pretty burnt out. He'd done a lot of counting for Jesus. He got scared in the process. He was exhausted, and then he just ran and hid. And I want to say to you guys again, but for all of us, man, we lose our courage. Our hearts fail us when our batteries get low. Yeah? He was isolated. He went far away from everyone else, and he was on his own. He felt like his ministry had been fruitless. Then God calls him, he renews his call, and he says, go and find your successor. Go and find Elisha. So it says, um, so, okay, I need, uh, Regan, <laughs> I need three volunteers, please. You can call, ask them, just, it's up to you. I don't know how you're going to get them, but I need three volunteers. Three, excluding me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say JP and Justin. Uncle Gareth? Here we go, Uncle. Knockoff, eh? Sick. All right, great. Okay, so we've got our two donkeys, so, or our oxen. You guys go on the stage. Quickly, on the stage. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> okay, so Gareth is Elisha, the young guy. We've got our two oxen, because remember, he was driving the 12th pair, so you've got a picture. I won't take time to get 11 more pairs. So he is driving them. They're plowing in the fields. And then, JP, you come. Yeah, the green one. Right, that's it. Check. Now, you go up there. Now, you're Elisha, uh, Elijah, the old guy. Okay? So Elisha is plowing with these two and 11 other pairs. He's plowing and he's um, making and he's going to sow. And then Elijah, the prophet, who has run from the queen, fearing for his life. Then God meets him. He's now brave again. And so he gets some courage, just like I've been working hard with you. Hey? But we're together. I've got you. Hey? We're together. You and me will do this. Right? God speaks to you as the prophet, and he says, now go and anoint Elisha. And what do you do? He comes along, and he takes his mantle, his jacket, off like he has. And what is, did you read? Did you hear what I said? Okay. And he takes it, and he threw it on the young man. Okay? There we go. <laughs> Check, eh? Check. He's got skills. <laughs> Don't you think these guys are being good oxen? Just by the way, did you notice? Hey, because that's how that's how cows stand around. Like <laughs> now, I mean, if this happened in South Africa today, that would be quite weird. You're walking in town here in Clarksdorp, and some guy comes along and throws a jacket at you. That would be like really weird, eh? 
in the day, back in the culture, your jacket, often people would know you by your, your robes. They, you'd like a certain job would wear a certain thing, like a doctor wears a white jacket. Yeah? And a mechanic is not so white jacket. <laughs> yeah? And uh, so you'd know the guy by the jacket. So this guy was a prophet. He had a certain kind of robe. If, if you, it was lying on the ground, you'd go, that's Elijah's jacket. And so he takes it off, and it represents the call of God. It represents the, the mandate, the job that God had given him. And he takes it off, and he throws it on this young guy. Now, can I just say, if you were a farmer, you're the son of a farmer, you go, oh, Dad told me I've got to go plowing today. Yeah? I mean, think this through. You get some funny prophet come walking through your lands, probably like straight across, you know, standing in all the holes and tripping on the, on the sand. And then he comes along and he throws his jacket on you. It'd be a little strange. But in the culture, your heart would sink. Because when someone did that to you, it's like, bro, I've chosen you to be my um, apprentice is a great word. Yeah? It's like, oh my goodness. Okay, you get the picture? You guys are going to have to try harder to be cows. They're eh? just saying. Oh, check, check. He's, getting, he's getting, getting some ideas. All right. Gary. <laughs> you see, you see, isn't this amazing? They came to church tonight and they thought, yo, we're just going to sit in a chair. And now all of a sudden they've got ideas. They're adding to the meeting. Yeah. Who knows what you guys could do on Sunday? Who knows? Eh? Yeah. And so we've got Gareth stroke Elisha who's plowing, and we've got Regan stroke Elijah who puts his jacket, his mantle onto Elisha. Okay? Now just stay there. I need you to, to, to stick with me and help me out here. So it says Elijah went up to him and he threw his cloak around him. This is accepted cultural practice. For them it wasn't weird. For us it's pretty weird. It spoke of identity. Elijah was well known. It spoke about ministry because they knew it was the prophet's cloak. It spoke about opportunity. They knew his life was about to change. Regan, I hope your life's about to change. Come on now. Good answer, bro. Good answer. Um, Priyanka, you said you were glad you came, right? <laughs> you said so. I hope your life's... Yeah. <laughs> A bit of encouragement, eh? Yeah. I hope all of us, Yes. Because I hope you're sitting here thinking, well, what is it, Lord, that you want me to grow into in this next while, this next season? How will, I keep wanting to say the name of our church, how will City on Hill, Clarkstorp, how will that church move and be in this next part of its development journey? And what will I do in that part? That's the question I'm asking. And believe it or not, we actually do need some you need some oxen around. Yeah? Okay? And so it says this, it goes on to say, let's see. So opportunity. Elisha's life was about to change. And then if we read it, it doesn't give us any more information. So Elijah Regan throws the jacket on Elisha Gareth, and then it seems like he just like wanders off. He just kind of moves on in the story. It's quite fascinating. It says, it seems like he keeps on walking without saying anything. Uh, Bible says he went over to him, threw over his shoulders his jacket, and at once adopted him as a son and invested in him as a prophet. It says, Elisha then leaves the oxen and runs after Elijah. Now, now just stop, 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 stop. Regan, come back, come back. So you were the cows, all right? You have to be pretty close to put the jacket on, right? Like, now, we've just read it together that Elisha turns and runs after Elijah. Now, look at them. How far would, it, would Gareth have to run to get to Regan? Like, he wouldn't even get up to speed. So clearly, this guy must have put the jacket on, and then, like, you must have made some ground. Regan, hey, come this side. Because now Elisha has to run after him to catch up. Check at that, eh? <laughs> The cars are the best part. <laughs> you see, because I have the microphone rig, and we could carry this on all night, right? <laughs> huh. And so here we have Elijah. Maybe you guys come stand in the lights so the guys can see your faces. He left the oxen and he ran after Elijah. So he made the right move. 
Yeah, he made the right move. He left what he was doing, but somehow the full weight of what God had called him to in that moment hadn't quite settled in his heart. And so the goal here is not just to pause and try to incorporate into the rest of my life. Do we need to get the throne back and Priyanka and the two gents? Or, or can I just like borrow? <laughs> the girls are like, yeah, let's do that. That was fun. Hey? Can I just borrow that memory again? Can I borrow that memory? Remember? So picture this. So Elisha runs after him, right? Just like that. But it's like he's carrying his, he's carrying his um, throne with him, and he wants to follow Elijah with his throne and his cows on the throne. And the respect for his father and his, what he's used to, the life as he knows it. At that stage, there's not a fundamental shift in his identity. So, Regan, this sounds interesting. He says, so Elisha says to Elijah, let me just kiss my father and mother, okay? And make sure I'm reading it right, and say goodbye. And then I will come back to you. <laughs> Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you. Now, when you read the Bible, it's so important to, to, to check the words. We can't just read, okay, I've done my duty for the day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But so, Elisha runs after this guy. Then he says, oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me just say goodbye. Like, like, oh, I think mom's made supper. I think it's almost food time. So, can't I just eat and then I'll follow you? Or can't I just wait till Christmas? Or can't I just do what I'm hoping and then I will? Have you ever spoken to Jesus like that? Lord, you don't understand. I just need one. Yeah. Colette and I, from time to time, have the privilege of, of walking a young couple through pre-marriage counseling and then marrying them. And it's so funny. You watch the young guy, you know, as it gets closer and closer to the wedding. If you just speak about Jesus' return, he goes green. <laughs> He's like, if Jesus comes back before my wedding, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, it's like, Jesus, can't I just have a little of what I want, and then I'm over, you know, I'm yours. Hey? <laughs> we'll eventually get you. You guys got tired, Akshay. <laughs> so he says, let me just incorporate you into my life. And he runs up to him, and then he laughs. <laughs> the prophet's about to speak, okay? <laughs> what have I done to you? It's a good question, huh? And then it's almost like he wants to disappear again. But the question is, what had Elijah done to him? All he had done is wandered over and put his jacket on his shoulders. But if it's just a man's jacket, it's just a jacket or a mantle. You, I'm being a little kind of having a little leeway with the garments. Are you with me? In case we've got any kind of Bible scholars that are going to hate me for getting the terminology wrong. Sure. Well, he disobeyed the Lord and demonstrated something. But actually remember, it's not in the man and the person. It's in the call. You with me? And so what we could say is actually Elijah had, had done very little. Because if it's just Elijah's call, there's just a man trying to squeeze onto this man's throne. Like, okay, I think there better be some space for me. I'm sneaking in. But if he has pointed towards the... Thanks, guys. You can all take a seat. Ah. So Elijah replied, go back. What have I done to you. Regan, you've been a champion, bro. You know what? Often we, um, we feel like we've got to tempt guys with a biscuit. It's like, come along. It'll be fun. Like, serve Jesus. It'll be worth it. You know, give up more. It'll be okay. Confessions of a church leader. Now, the fact that you guys are here on a Friday night means you probably don't have to be tempted too much with a biscuit. But I would suggest that this is still within your comfort zone of offering. It's like somewhere in your heart, coming out on a Friday night, 
to listen to some guy, but more, you know, put the Lord first, is within like what you're happy to do. Hmm? And that's cool because we'll grow there. But when the season changes, say, that's fine where you're comfortable, but actually I want a little more now. You thought Friday night was a big sacrifice. And I'm not saying, because we get scared off by the sacrifice. Man, when we're following Jesus, those cows are brafle so quickly, they don't even compare. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I'll tell you a little testimony. Gee, I'm having fun tonight. I hope you are. Uh, <laughs> better get to say something that you can take home. But you know, uh, Colette and I got born again. We met each other and... and uh, Oh, this is a little personal, I hope it's okay. Colette's dream was to travel the world. She wanted to go and travel around the world. And see the size, most kids getting out of school like want to have <laughs> a gap to kind of travel, right? And uh, I had my heart set on being an actor. I wanted my name in lights. And uh, we, we met each other pretty young, very soon out of school. Colette was in matric when we met. And... Um, had these big dreams, and we had the call of God on our lives. Some way, God sent a guy to put a mantle, a jacket on our shoulders. And that was different to the heart to travel and the heart to have fancy, you know, um, accolades. But there was nowhere else for us to go because the Lord had called. There was a jacket that fit, and it was like, Lord, of course, we're willing to offer. We'll sacrifice those things. Those cows are history. I belong to my dad, but they're dead. Not like, oh, Jesus, do you know how much I'm giving up to serve you? No, it's just like, of course. Yeah? I think we've traveled more than we would ever have been able to do, no matter what we would have been, other than the call of God in our lives. Yeah? Had that privilege. We went to preach in a little church in a little town in the mountains somewhere. We arrived there late on the Friday night. We drove into the car park. They had a chalkboard with floodlights shining on it. Welcome, Craig and Colette Mayer. I've got my name in lights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is in color even, Nochal, eh? Hey? You understand? It's not because we want our names to be fancy anymore and just because we like getting on airplanes or seeing strange people coming to different places where we don't live. My point is this. When we make room in our hearts on that throne for Jesus, when we think we're offering Him more, Actually, we're getting more. My question is, in this next season, this next generation here at City Hill Church, who has God called you to be? If we still want to be the, the plower, the farmer, when God is saying, man, I've got a different arrangement I'd like to usher you into, and it includes you guys, right? Have some kind of an area of service, be careful that that area becomes your cows. Yeah. Oh man, I've been here, forgive me, I'm not, I, I don't know your story, Ben, and your lovely wife, whose name I forget. Marie. Marie, Ben and Marie, you guys have been here. I don't know your stories, so I'm not putting this on you, but it's easy for us to say, you know, well, I've been here from the beginning. Yeah. It's easy for others to say, well, I'm just the balancing factor, I'm just keeping it together, and Ains are new here, and like I, I, I just want to make sure we don't go off track, so I'll be the balancing factor. <laughs> We've had a few of those over the years. We had a man come be part of our church in, in Margate. He told me one day he was called, God had called him to be a pillar in the church, and uh, he was Afrikaans. Then he kept telling me, Craig, the music is too hard. If you're English, that's code for, in Afrikaans, heart is loud. So he was trying to say it's too loud, but he was saying it's too hard. And trust me, it was too hard. <laughs> and sadly so, that cow wouldn't get killed in his heart. And they ended up, him as a pillar, ended up being a pillar in another church. He said he was a pillar. I didn't. He said he had a call of God on his life. And it wasn't me. Amazing when it got too hard how the call... <laughs> suddenly went somewhere else. Uh, we didn't put that on him. His confession, not mine. Yeah? 
And friends, sometimes the area of service becomes our cows. And when God says, I want a little bit more from you, or I want, I told you, whatever God asks, man, he, he, he gives back to us multiplied. Multiplied. Way better. Yeah? In fact, we should be saying, oh, Jesus, is there more? Because when, when I give more, it's like even more wonderful. Right? I'm just saying, let's be careful on holding on to whatever it is you're doing now. Wherever you're plowing, whichever field you're plowing, it just might be that Jesus says, who do you want to be when you grow up? In this next generation, this next season, who do you want to be? Which role do you want to play? For you guys here, you, there's a few of you. I keep seeing more of you. For the guys here that are under 20, I would encourage you to pray for your elders and their wives. Probably never thought of that, right? I was like, What? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you know why? Because youngsters are selfish. And old people are even more selfish. <laughs> it's who we are. It's who we are. We probably pray for ourselves. Like, oh, Jesus, I've got an exam today. Yeah. Uh, you want to count in this church? Make a contribution. Mm -hmm. You guys that are over 20, I'm assuming that you can translate what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Who will you be in this next season when you go? <laughs> Let me say this quickly. You know, Elisha didn't volunteer. No one asked him in this whole story. Hey? <laughs> he had no agency. He, no one said, like, uh, would you like to, you know. Uh, <laughs> who do you feel you are? <laughs> yeah. Hello? There's nothing of that language in the text. Yeah, it's just some guy came and said, poof, you this. God said, by the way. Hey, he was uninterrupted. He didn't choose his calling. Oh, I want to be whatever. Didn't get a choice. God sovereignly chose. He had to make personal sacrifices to participate in this divine calling he never chose. In the New Testament, remember Paul? Remember Paul? He got knocked off his donkey. Remember that guy? Turned into the guy who wrote most of the New Testament and, and turned out to do all this stuff. Did he ever get asked what he's, his dream for, his, for him? No one asked him. God just interrupts him and says, boom, this is you. Yeah? At Grace Cove, we like to say that birds, I've got to get this right because I get a mix up every time. Birds fly and fish swim. Have you ever seen that before? Have you seen birds flying? You never see a bird flapping like, I don't know what I should do with my life. <laughs> like, maybe I should learn to swim. Hey? Another fish swimming, looking out the, out the water, thinking, oh, one day, man, one day I'm going to fly, <laughs> and then I'll feel fulfilled. My point is, when God makes a bird, he knows the best thing for a bird is to fly. Unless you're an ostrich, but that's a different story. <laughs> when God makes a fish, he says, when you swim, man, you're going to be the best, that you're going to come alive. And so if God finds these two guys along the road, I can take you through so many people in the Bible. He just somebody says, the best thing for your life is this. And sometimes we wrestle. Think of Jonah, like running away from the Lord. Hey, I've got better ideas, God. I'm on the throne. You don't even have like a corner to squeeze your blessed assurance on. And, uh, <laughs> hey? and then we wonder, why is life so meaningless? Why is it so empty? Why is church so boring? Man, next generation, come on now. Okay. Hmm. Okay, let me, sure, I'll try and finish very quickly. Three things, just so that you've got something that you can go and do. I hope I've put some pictures time just to get to here. Okay, so forgive me, but I hope I've infected your brains <laughs> in the nicest possible way. All right, so how do, we, how do we know, God, what mantle is on me? What part am I going to play in the life of City on a Hill in the second generation? Yeah? Well, number one, you've got to get clear. Get clear speaks of vision. These are really simple, but I'm going to go quickly. So get clear. Remember God asked Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I think God would say to you, what do you see? I don't know, maybe you look around this church, you say, Lord, I see this kind of person who doesn't exist in this church yet. I see this ministry area that doesn't exist. I see something outside of the walls of this church that doesn't even exist yet. Man, that's going to be my part to play. What do you see? 
What do you see? And how do you get clear? Well, ask yourself, what do I do best? What do I love to do the most? And what results matter? What do I do best? I, I could ask all of you. Regan's pretty good on the microphone, by the way. Yeah, what do I do best? Like, like, what am I pretty, if people said, what's my skill? They'd say, okay, you do the pretty good. What do I do best? What do I love to do? Like, if I had to pay money to do something, what would that thing be? To, maybe this is for the little bit older guys. Man, you, 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 we're running out of years quickly. And I want my years to count. So one day when I go to Jesus, I want to say, like, what actually results was worth it? Okay? So that's how we get clear. It's, Lord, what do I do best? What do I love to do? What results matter? You put those myself to this. Burn those oxen. Cheers to mom and dad. This is where I'm going. Okay, number one, get clear. Number two, get committed. That's where the cost comes. The, those cows didn't have a price, didn't have a chance because he's willing to pay the price. I want to say for each one of us, youngsters, you guys are still figuring out your lives. You're still figuring out what, will, what cost am I happy to pay. And sometimes the costs are big. I get it. I get it. I get your friends have such a big place in your life. And sometimes their voices will push against the voice of Jesus. Yeah. On your throne will be too many friends. There might come a time where you've got to say, Jesus and not my friends, as you figure this stuff out. There's a cost. I get clear. I get committed. You know, the pig and the, 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 pig and the chicken have a different role in breakfast. The chicken makes a contribution, the pig's committed. Yeah? You guys, we, we'd love you to make a contribution. We really would. But man, I would I dream. Kingdom of God and playing your part in this church. You old guys too. I'm one of you, so... Get clear, get committed. And then the third thing is get connected. You see, if Elisha never met Elijah, where would he be? Farming. And as I look over this crowd, I want to say some of you guys need to make deeper friendships with your leaders, the guys that are in the front and the girls. Because you need to walk with the right people if you're going to get to the right destination. Yes? If you say, Lord, you're calling me dot, 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 well, maybe who can help me dot, dot, dot? Yeah, might be a skill thing. I guarantee it'll be a relational thing because we minister out of relationship. I won't throw the ball at you if I don't know who you are. Can I trust you with this ball in this moment? I don't know. Yeah, get clear. What do I, what do, I do best? What do I love? What results matter? Get committed. Lord, you're calling me to pay a price. I'm happy to kill my, my cows and then get connected. Who must I walk with so that when I grow up in this next generation part, we'll take over the world together and Jesus will be pleased with us. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.